Welcome to Cast of Creators. We're your hosts. I'm Nelson Thal. And I'm Casey Stewart. We spent our careers in media and publishing, and now we're setting the stage for creative people who inspire us to share their stories. Cast of Creators is presented by our new social browser called Hover. Hover makes browsing fun. You can follow people and your favorite sites to discover and discuss the web all in one place. Download Hover, that's HBR, in the App Store or at the Play Store. Today's guest is Lauren McPhillips, who you might know from Instagram as This Renegade Love. She's a brand strategist and community builder who's had a few viral moments on the gram. She has. We talked about travel, facing your fears, building brands that feel good, and Lauren's decision not to have kids, and why so many people have a huge problem with it. Let's go. Lauren, This Renegade Love. I think that that's a wonderful name. We were just talking about how difficult it is to find a name for something. It is. What's the story behind that name? Oh, my goodness. You know what? There is a story behind it. Great. Um, so It's like there's no story. Yeah. <laughs> Next. I mean, Next. I'm such a big <laughs> fan of storytelling around yeah. brands. Um, so I was, uh, when I wanted to launch a blog, I was working in PR for Kentucky, which mm-hmm. is how we know I each other. Casey, yeah. And so I... I had this idea where I wanted to start a blog that profiled people who were doing really cool things with their lives, had quit their nine to five to start their own business or start a charity program or just kind of go against the status quo. And I was just thinking, I'm like, I didn't want to call it Laura McPhillips. I, don't, I didn't want it to be my name. And I kept thinking it over and over. And I had like in my notes section of my phone, you know, just dropping things yeah. in and nothing yeah. was really sticking. And, and then I was listening to a song actually by a Canadian band called the Rural Alberta Advantage. And they had a, they wow, have a song called mouthful. Summer. I know it is. And every time I'm like rural, like I rural can't say the word. Rural is a tough one. Rural. T- yeah, no, I yeah. know. Rurally, rural off the tongue. So I really needed to think about it there. But um, so they have a song called Summertime. And in the song, they say, uh, when I'm middle-aged, you'll tell me that you love me like a renegade. And all of a sudden, that word renegade, I was like, this is it. This is the perfect description for the the type of people I want to profile and that I want to speak to. And then again, that word love in there. And so I kind of, yeah, this renegade love. And it just, everything just kind of pulled together. It's amazing. So that's your phrase. Yeah. It was like I pulled it kind of out of nowhere. And yeah. Casey and I were talking about this, and she's like, it's from, I think it's from a song. Yeah. But only the word renegade. Yeah, I knew there was some the song. song yeah, it said, I'll, when we're middle aged, I'll tell you that I loved you like a renegade. And I was like, renegade. And then I was like, love. And I, I actually was like, like give me yes. goosebumps. I didn't need to listen. It, to it was one. It was. And that's why I asked with, with you guys, you know, how was it when did you have that moment of like, oh my God, this is it? Because that's exactly the moment I mm. had. And then everything fell from there. And then the profiles that I did of people where I would interview them, um, you know, pre when people were doing podcasts really, and it was just blog interviews. They were the renegades, and, and that's what I called them. It was the renegade profile. So, yeah. yeah and I loved all of them. I and I, yeah, there's just, yeah. They, you, they were uh, such great posts. I mean, love you, love your blog. I was really happy when you were like, I'm going to start a blog because yeah. I'm like a grandmother of blogging. So, to know that you were doing that made me feel really excited because yeah. we met um, originally when you were doing PR with Kentucky. Mm-hmm. We, Treats out to me and invited me on this insane like 10 day trip to Thailand. Amazing. Still top of like one of the best times I've ever had. Yeah. I mean, the whole every day wow. of that trip. It was. It was. It was such a time. Did you all fly there together? 
Yeah, Most so of us. it was that That's was a Canadian fun. trip. So I was working with, before I worked when I worked with Kentucky, I was doing uh, PR for them in Canada, and then I moved to the UK to do their global PR and brand partnerships. And so they have like you know a ton of offices around the world, and so that was kind of overseeing that. But the um, the last trip I did with the Canadian office was that Thailand trip. So it was all these Canadian content creators that we brought together. A lot and of YouTubers. So, yeah, a lot of Kentucky was very early in like investing in YouTube content strategy, which was I learned so much from that. But um, yeah, that trip, there were some people from Vancouver. So there was it was all over Canada. But yeah, we kind of I remember I remember being scared shitless because it was the first time I'd really led this trip. And I was with all these creators and I was a PR and I was like, you know, at the airport. And I was like, oh, my God, what if our connecting doesn't like, what do I do? Right. <laughs> I don't know what to do if like yeah. we miss our flight oh, and all of this. you're the point person yeah. for and the friend And all of us are just like, you're all right. of us are like, most of the people are like I big bet. personalities uh-huh. and like. And I was so excited, but we sat in the lounge together before <laughs> and that was the first time. And it was just like an immediate connection. Yeah, we're I like, just, you're so funny. I just loved you. And it was, it yeah. was really fun. But even on that trip, like Lily Singh, um, who now is like a huge, superstar, she was on the trip with us. It was this really, because she started as a YouTuber, so it was this real amazing group of people. Um, and yeah, we just did island hopping all yeah. the Thailand. I got a tattoo there. I was like, I, we had a break one day and everyone's like, I'm going to nap. I'm going to edit my video. And I was like, see you at dinner. And I went and I got a whole, the hot air balloon one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and it's I like my it. whole, like, they were like, did you just go get a fucking tattoo? I was like, leave. Like. And wild. So it was so fun. Yeah. And we, the funniest thing, I think, most people have never gone on a trip with like a lot of YouTubers, but <laughs> I have this distinct moment. We went up to this temple, which is like 2,000 stairs. So everyone's walking up the stairs. Not us. Everyone's walking up the stairs like this with their cameras, not their phone. It's like an actual like oh, film camera. Yeah. And I just was like, I laughed so hard because that's going on a trip with a whole bunch of content creators is different than anything else. Like oh, if you're sure. with foodies, foodies first. I'm like, if you're going with content creators, it's like we were all like, I'm going up the steps to this temple. And like, it just was so fun. And I made, you know, friends on that trip that I'm, you know, still friends with people. And like Gonerola was on, he hasn't come on the podcast yeah, yet, but he will. True, yeah. um, and like we had met before, but he was on that trip. And it's like just spending 10 days with some people where you're like traveling and doing we just did so many fun things. Like we did safari. We did like, I don't know, all kinds of. Yeah. It was great. And I feel like at that time, that would have been what year? Like 2013. It was 2013, I think. Yeah, somewhere. It was around there because yeah. I lived in the UK in 2014. And that's. so I, I feel it was like that long ago. It was that long. And so that was really before because now that I have this. Yeah. yeah. Now that I have this running love, there's been like lots of press trips and things like that. But at the time. That was one of the things I was so grateful about working with Kentucky is we were really into that space of, you know, we didn't want to do traditional yeah. um, PR. It wasn't about working with people who were at magazines. We were like, who are these people that are creating their own content? And so we kind of got in there really early and our entire budget was based around content creators and um, having them do, you know, film what their experience was like in a really organic way. And um, yeah, so that was it was that was my first kind of not that trip, but really working in that space. I was like, this is wild seeing all the cameras come out and just people creating content on the spot and then also seeing it being produced and come to life. It was pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the deliverable for you? (laughs) 
on that trip. I don't know. Thing. Just document your have fun time. Document so it. So basically, well, document I, it. And I then had a, all of the, but everything that you're sharing, you ta- um, then um, you're, you're basically the props to Kentucky is is. It was a it's about trip. the trip. It's a Kentucky yeah. Yeah. trip. And we had a hashtag, which was... No re- hashtag no regrets. Yeah, hashtag yeah. no regrets. And I actually had an unlocked phone. So the night that I got there and no one else had this. This was my like... Because I remember looking at like a stat and I had... Everyone posted a lot and a lot of people had more followers than me. But during the trip, I was like on fire with posting content because I popped out my mm-hmm. SIM card. I bought a new SIM. And I had like my own Wi-Fi. And I was like... And we were all hot spotting. It was like... yeah. It was a good trick because also it not your phones. It's more common now to have an unlocked phone. But mm-hmm. back then it was like you didn't. And I had this cool thing. Yeah. But, and I think we've spoken about this before, but I feel like that trip, like since then, as I said, now that I since I started this Renegade Love, then I was going on press trips and uh, as the content creator yeah. and the PR person. And not on, worrying about it. Exactly. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> fuck it. Great. <laughs> Um, but, and then it became, I started noticing and with every brand partnership now at that time, it was still very organic and it was just kind of like, okay, come on this and create what you create because we love what you do. And we just want to, you know, just want, yeah, say you it in and your, your voice vibe there. and yeah. And now I feel like with brands, it's very much, you know, oh, we can save money by having, you know, instead of doing traditional advertising where you're paying for a set and you're paying a photographer and a makeup artist. Now we have people that can create this content. And so, and then everything gets very prescribed and very, here's the key messaging and kind of shoving it in there and too prescribed. And exactly. And so, um, so that was like, I look back at that time very fondly. Yeah. Of, and I think that's where my, my love for really authentic uh, storytelling, um, that's where it really comes from. And, and seeing also how impactful and effective it was. And like, why do we move away from that? It was so Yeah, like great. I have people that are like, I would see them and be like, man, I love that Thailand trip you went on five oh, years ago. It was like, seriously, we were like, oh, that looked, so, you know, like, yeah, oh my God, when, remember Bajan, our elephant? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, you know, oh, we yeah. just had... We wrote an elephant. It was a time. Probably wouldn't do that now, but no, I probably. I don't think I would do that again. But I mean, at that 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 time, it was a nice memory. It was a Um, memory. Yeah, I guess like since then, the plot there was no TikTok then. Instagram was, I mean, not nearly as popular as it is now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the platforms? You know, they all have changed Mm -hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. Um. Since then. Yeah, I think that. The way social media is now, I think there's a lot of people and like it's it's really fighting against these algorithms. It feels like they're switching all the time. There's always it's it's really difficult to plan a strategy without having to change it every few months because the platforms are changing every few months. So for me, what I really focus on and what I think, you know, what I'm doing now with this renegade love in terms of brand strategy, both for brands and for content creators is. Building a brand that is sustainable past any trends, any algorithms. So how do you build a brand and a strategy that you can use? It doesn't matter what the platform is Mm -hmm. and you can use it to grow and to connect to people in a way that seems really authentic and um, makes sense to you. And also that you can grow over time. (laughs) It's very intentional and it's not just relying on how many followers you have if brands want to work with you. But how can you create a community and then create products to do with your brand that mm-hmm. actually build a business? How yeah. can you think long term rather than just like this silo of 
okay, like how do I make a reel go viral? Like who cares? Because it's going to change the next day. So really focusing on what that brand strategy is and then building a content strategy from that. That's where I'm focused now. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Well, well said too. Yeah. And um, in order to deliver on that, how many platforms do you think is, is nece- are necessary? I don't know. I, and I, I think there's, there's different uses for different platforms. So um, we talked about this before, the, the importance of having a hub, whether it's your website or an email list, mm-hmm. some place where you, you kind of control that a bit. An email list is great because you have access to those emails whenever you want. Yeah. Um, you're not relying on an algorithm. No one's changing that. You have that direct access to people. And then a website, obviously, where people can find you. And again, you can communicate with people at any point. Um, and then I think with like, I, I love TikTok and I, I'm so fascinated by it because their algorithm and how viral you could go is absolutely wild. Like I've had some random videos. I don't even have a big following on TikTok at all. And I've had some videos get like over a million views. And, oh my God. And it's like, and they just take off. But what I think that TikTok is really good at is the community is not there. I think Instagram is where the community lies. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can build and really talk to people and build that community. TikTok is a great resource for directing people to other places. So whether it is directing them to your website. So like for me with TikTok, my plan is to talk about brand strategy on TikTok so that people will then come buy courses from me. And I'm just kind of funneling them into there. And then Instagram is where I build that community. I have those conversations yeah. that really matter. Um, and then Pinterest, I think, is like a massive. Have People, you, I know, don't oh. sleep on Pinterest. I have like, I mean, I got an email. I love how they start email. They just started emailing like, you got your pin got 10,000 yes. impressions. And I was like, Ooh, that old thing. <laughs> Pinterest is a. <laughs> it's like an old pin. And it's like. But it's that's that's the point is that. With it's evergreen Instagram, there. Yes, it's evergreen. With with Instagram, you post once and then it's like forgotten about. It just yeah. kind of like it falls down. Mm-hmm. And then with Pinterest, it's evergreen and it just grows and grows and it's a search engine. So mm-hmm. yeah. if you can optimize it, totally. then it's going to continue to grow. It's an amazing traffic driver. It's a great way if you do have an email list to drive people to that if you have like an opt-in incentive. Um, so Pinterest is like it's unreal. At one point when I was really focused on it, it was the biggest traffic, even yeah, though it's still one of the yeah. biggest traffic drivers to, to my, my website. Of, yeah. And anything like people don't, you know, the conversation happens in Instagram. Like yes. I can post a link like most people are not going to check out my new blog post from Instagram. They'll just look at my picture and like post a comment there. But Pinterest, I find one of the things I really love about Pinterest is like, let's say you create some Halloween content, that Halloween content every year, that mm-hmm. content six months or three months ahead of Halloween that content will like pick up again. You want a holiday DIY? Boom. Yeah. Every year it slaps. Like it yeah. will be popular all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's, um, it, it, you know, um, and I often go to like, they have like creator kind of summits, things online. And it's like, they are great at recognizing trends that are coming up. And I just think it's a real, it's a really, really good traffic driver. Yeah. I remember listening to, it was someone from Pinterest who was like the senior vice president of something. And what she was saying is the difference between Pinterest is that like every other social platform, they are just wanting you to stay addicted and stay on there. And with Pinterest, the whole point is that you go on there to learn how to do something and then you go away and do it. And I thought that was such a smart way of putting it. It's true. Like people go to look for recipes. I'm looking for a recipe and then I go away and do it. 
So the point isn't to like stay there. And so it's, it really is, it's like Google, but yeah. visual. And I love it. Yeah. Love yeah. Pinterest. Shout out Lex Nico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she loves it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What's the connection between her and Lex? Oh, she works. She works, she works for Pinterest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she still does. Is that she's where she works? Still, she yeah. lives okay. in LA now. How does she do it all? I don't know, but me neither. Yeah. I didn't realize she still worked with. Yeah, she does. Her finger on the pulse of everything. Yeah. What a queen. Yeah. So where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Oh, you know what? I grew up in good old Oshawa. <laughs> so exotic. Wow, the schwa. Yeah, so I grew up, um, my parents are Scottish, so they uh, immigrated from Scotland and, and moved to Oshawa because um, the GM plant was there. Uh, and so, so yeah, so I grew up in Oshawa and then um, you went to school at U of T and uh, moved to the- What did you study there? I did a double major in English Lit and European History. Oh, that's wow. And then I did a postgrad at um, Centennial for book and magazine publishing. Oh, and then cool. that's how I got started at Style at Home magazine. So I worked in publishing before working in PR. Yeah. And then I, I moved to the UK for a bit, lived there for a bit when I was working with Contiki, met my husband there who's Australian. So it's yeah. very intercontinental everywhere. Yeah, yeah sure yeah. Is. And now we live in Prince Edward County. Yes, because <laughs> yeah. you moved there right before. Right before. Yeah. In 2019, we moved there. Kind of on a whim. Yeah. I don't know. I remember that. Yeah. You're like, I'm moving. I was like, okay, random. I know. I never thought I would live anywhere but the city. And yeah. we've been going there for little holidays and like little weekend getaways. I oh, love, I love, yeah. I haven't visited you there, but I love the vision of the life you have built for yourself there. It just looks so cozy and it is you know i love the sound of the leaves in your backyard and oh. this how the snow looks because i've so seen it quiet. on quiet i know it's so quiet and it's so peaceful and i do love it um are you driving back tonight i am oh. yeah although my friend was like come stay in my house like i always have places to stay which yeah. is great in the That's city great. because i do miss the city don't get me wrong <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely like i love and i have a really there's a great community in prince Edward county i have really good friends there but I miss the vibe and the energy of the city. I just, I miss it so much. So yeah. I always try to come in like as much as possible. And yeah. What's the drive like? How long is that trip? Oh, it's not bad. It's like two hours, but like everything in the county is so far. So it's like, I'm used to driving everywhere. I have yeah. to drive like half an hour to get groceries. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it was like when I What's lived What's another hour? And I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like my in-laws live in North Bay. That's the exact yeah. attitude to driving. You're just oh. like, just stick on a podcast and go. Yeah. 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 Love it. Yeah. So you um, style at home. Yes. What was your role there? And so, walk me through what your sort of your day to day is like at, at, a, at, a, at a magazine. At a magazine. Yeah. So it's, you know what? It, that was, I really got a real good footing for a lot of things in that, uh, at that magazine. So it was my first job out of, out of university. I, I had an internship there. And at the time, this is going to sound so old, but Casey, you're not going to think it. It was like uh, the website was like just a thing then. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's around when I started yeah, yeah. mine. Yeah. It was just like, so I remember um, when I was interning, I was interning for the magazine, but they were just starting to expand the website. So they were like redoing it. They wanted a web producer outside of like the web editor. And so I ended up getting hired as a web producer. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm this working is the school. Like, it was just incredible. So I did web producing for like six months. This is in Toronto? This is in Toronto, yeah. And so we were on the same floor as like El Canada and Canadian Living. And so... Is this a I Rogers was, publication? Who uh, is this? Transcontinental. Okay, was Transcontinental. At the time, yeah. 
And so, and I was just like, this is like literally my dream of what I've always wanted to do. I was making like peanuts and I was like, I'm yeah. rich. Like, this is, yes, great. <laughs> yeah, and I then, yeah. And then uh, after six months, the recession hit. And I mean, we all remember that. And oh, yeah. I remember that like, was bad. And especially publishing in publishing. Too. Yeah. So many people got let go. And I remember getting called into our executive editor's office. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to let me go. This is like. And then she said, um, yeah, so um, there's an opening for a senior print editor. Um, we think that you would be great for it. And I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> like, you're like me? Like, I've never even been a print editor, let alone a senior print editor at a national magazine. Um, and then, I mean, at the time, obviously, now I look back and I just think, okay, they had no money. Yeah, they had exactly. <laughs> like shoved exactly. in there. They were like, she'll do it. Yeah. Get her like, you know, it'll go through a million other edits after. Um, uh, but at the time, it was also that was my first that was my first experience mm. of holy shit! I'm so scared. Just go for it, yeah. Just, and it was mm. my first experience, and I've had so many experiences since then. Mm. Of this is terrifying. I'm comfortable where I am, but just go for it. You have no idea what you're doing, but just go for yeah, it. Yeah, just hold your head high and act just like you know what the fuck you're doing. Just go for it. So, so you you land that job mm -hmm. and. How do you really get your bearing and understand what you need to do to excel in the role? I just kind of I think it comes from I think when you're young as well, it you have a whole different you don't have that mentality. Like I think now when I'm older, you overthink everything. And when you're young, you think, you know, everything <laughs> like even though I was scared, you think that you're like, oh, I have so many great ideas. I could do this and this and this. And I kind of went into it like that and also just I was also just really willing to learn like I was so curious about everything and, and who was, are you learning from in that role if from all I was really really fortunate that all the people I worked with were just great at like pulling me into things pulling me into meetings where I could sit and observe and so I wasn't necessarily part of it but I was listening to it um all the planning meetings and then they would ask me what my opinion was and I always think back to like just planning meetings and being like absolutely terrified to give an idea and I think now you know when you're old and you're yeah, like, oh, yeah I just like, own that meeting throw my ideas <laughs> yeah. out there yeah but it, it's so fascinating when you think back at like how how you were at the time but all those experiences lead you to where you are now but yeah it was um it was such an interesting experience and that lasted for a year and um and this then oh nine yeah, Wait, oh, nine. So it's yeah. like in the recession. So it you're was. getting this job in the recession. And I learned so much. And at the same time, I was still I still wanted my foot in the door of web. And so I was doing at night, I was still writing web articles as um as like a side job. And then uh the website just started expanding and expanding. And they said, We are I was really, really good friends with the web editor. And she said, you know, we are we're growing the web team. I'm gonna become a senior web editor. There's gonna be a web editor. Everyone told me, why would you go from a senior print position mm -hmm. to a web editor? Wow. And I just did it anyway. You're like. Very nice. Because I, I just smart. Saw, yeah. And, but at the time, no one did. But I was just, I was young. And again, I was like eager to learn something new. I saw the way the web was moving. I really loved being able to connect to people in real time, which we weren't able to do, obviously, with a magazine. You know, you're, you're shooting Christmas in July. <laughs> like yeah. everything is so far behind. And so I really loved the immediacy of the web and how we could kind of, because no one really cared about it, it was a little bit still like the wild, wild west. Mm -hmm. And we could do what we wanted. It was so creative. 
we started working with bloggers and influencers and at the time, which influencers were bloggers. Yeah, it was just bloggers back then. Yeah. Instagram had just started. So I, I was like, we need to get on Instagram. Let's get this going. No one had any idea what it was. So it was like, really she's the, a, the web person. Yeah. Like, ooh, the internet girl. Because like, I was always that person. Whoa, yeah. They're, they're crazy ideas. Exactly. Just like showing up to meetings, being like, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so it was, it was great. And that was where I got really excited about working, working on the web and and working, especially within publishing and blogging. And so we had the Style at Home blog that we launched. And so that was all kind of happening at that time. And then I ended up going on a press trip. And on the press trip to Italy, the PR woman said, you should come work for us. And that's why I started working at Kentucky. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you go on a trip to Italy yeah. <laughs> with a client of Style at Home? And what was what I felt so bad about was that one of my like closest friends, Natalie, who was the senior, my boss, the senior web editor at Style at Home, she couldn't go and she and she was like, you know what? I got offered this trip. I really want to give it to you. <laughs> so, so when I told her I was leaving, I was thanks. Oh, I know. But she knew it was time and, and like so supportive. She was yeah. amazing. Still, like so, that sounds like a fun trip. It was, and it was with. It wasn't even with Kentucky. It was like they have a parent brand, and so it was with the another. Um, and this is an advertiser that is an advertiser in Style at Home. What's the connection to Style at Home with the parent? They brand? were well. It was like because we talked about like travel and design and travel and um and it was in Italy, so it was just like beautiful architecture and design and all of these. It was just yeah. We had like a an actual like travel part of the magazine. Um, and so and then on the website, again, we just did whatever we wanted. <laughs> We're like, wow. yeah, sure. Style and travel. <laughs> yeah. Like Italy. So, yeah. so if you're offered a free trip to Italy. Take yeah. it. Take, take it. it. Yeah. You never know. Opportunity awaits. You never know. Yeah. What, you know, take the trip. Yeah. You never know what doors might open. And that was that was again, that was that kind of next step of of being like, oh, I really love what I'm doing. But I'm like, I'm itch. I want to just I I'm so I'm such a curious person that I don't think I've stayed at like an actual role for more than two years, like in one role, say the same company, maybe, but not in the same role. I just I'm I'm always looking for mm-hmm. to, for more and to be yeah, challenged. You are eager and, to learn. Yeah. So so it was time for me to move on. I, again, had no idea how to do PR, but I was like, I'll figure it out. And I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember one time I got a, I was like during TIFF and I got, I was like, maybe I should get a job because I'd been like freelance blog Casey for a long time. And I got a a call from a recruiter. They're like, this agency wants to know if you would be interested in being their social media director. And I was like, I never even worked at an agency. I was like, of course I want to be the director. (laughs) And I did the interview on the Tuesday. By Friday, I was uh, Thursday. I was hired, and Saturday, Friday I started. And I was like, "I'm your director. I've never even worked." And like my last job was like years ago, doing social yeah. media for much music and MTV. And I was like, "I am now the boss." And sometimes you just got to take it. That's yeah. what I've learned is like just even if you're terrible, it's when you're scared of something, that's the best time to move forward with it because that's always like all the best things are on the other side of that. And you're going to learn so much. You're going to grow so much. I just, yeah, I've I've always been someone who has taken, seen the opportunity and just gone for it. And yeah. Have you girls done any firing in your day? Oh, God, no. I don't think I ever could. I I, cry. I haven't fired I, anyone I, I, either. I'm quitting. When I'm quitting, I, I become so emotionally attached. I've been, I was let go from a job. I don't think I've no, done any. Oh, I've never fired anyone. Oh, no, I could never. I don't. 
think I would. <laughs> a lot of seniors getting tossed around. Senior this, senior that. No, no I never had to let anyone That's go. The thing. I'm like, I leave before it gets too heavy. I was like, <laughs> I don't think, I don't know. I mean, your time here is over. I don't know. I, what do you say? We don't like I you. Don't you can't sit with us. Yeah. I would I think case you'd get into a job and be excited to fire some people. Well, <laughs> that's what you think about me. <laughs> yeah, you get in that position, get, get a little power. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've not. I've like, even when I had that job at that agency, I um had a couple interns that started yeah. working there, and they've gone on to have great careers, and I'm still friends with them. Oh, after wow. they left, yeah. I, about building relationships, I found, will find it hard to fire someone. I'm the same. Mm. Any job I've quit, I've cried during when <laughs> I'm quitting. Because I do. I'm the same. I become so close to like the people that I'm working with and I feel bad. And I always give like, you know, like three months notice because I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't want to leave you high and dry. Yeah. But, and, but I think that's important as well. I think it's like anytime I've left, I'm like, I never want to burn bridges. It's just time for me to leave and whatever mm-hmm. you need from me. Yeah. Let's do it. So yeah. was, how long were you that a- at that agency for? Um, I got almost two years. Wow. Yeah. 2013. <laughs> yeah. The olden times. And then I didn't have I didn't have another full time job from twenty fourteen until we started working together. Wow. Very nice. Yeah, I know. You should feel special. I but I mean I feel like, you know, us working together, we seriously have so much fun and I love what we're building. And I it's like I get to mix all the things that I love that are like, you know, we're doing this broadcasting, we're doing a podcast, we're creating content, we're having fun. Like I've always been involved in tech. So there's the tech angle and I still get to do a bunch of fun culture things with fun day. So I feel like I, you know, I said a couple times, like, you know, if you, if you hate Monday, then maybe you should change your job because I actually look forward to Monday because I'm like, what's going to happen? Yeah, me too. <laughs> I look forward. Like I look forward because I'm like, I don't know what exciting <laughs> things going to happen. And I, I feel, you know, if we haven't talked over the weekend, I'm like, Hi. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And it also feels good when you feel like you're part of something yeah. rather than just like an employee. And when you feel like you're part of something that's growing and you have actual input and yeah, I've always loved those kind of jobs. There was another, I was reading um, uh, something in an old Instagram post that you said, you know, about facing fear. And mm-hmm. um, so you had a full-time job and you left that to start your blog. Yeah. That's, you? It was continued. Yeah. Oh yeah. You said so I was, left continue. Yeah. Because I remember this. I've- so I was, yeah. So um, after working at Kentucky in Toronto, I got offered a job. They, <clears throat> sorry, were opening up a position um, in the UK for the global team yeah, uh, for global PR and brand partnerships manager. And they asked me if I wanted to do it. And I was like, great. You know, I have dual citizenship. I can hop yeah. right over. Have you met Damien yet? We had met through work and we actually had just started dating. So I was also like, oh, this is an opportunity. My my boyfriend live, or like works on the UK team. Yeah. We weren't on the same team. I was on the global team. He was in like the U- on the UK team, the regional team. Um, but yeah, it was also an opportunity for that. But it's just an opportunity for career growth. And so moved over there and did that. Learned so much about what I loved, what I didn't love, <laughs> mm-hmm. and really learned a lot. Like, again, doing like a lot of those press trips. Um, and that was where I really realized that I really wanted to be on the other side of it. I wanted to be that creator. I wanted to be the person who 
had autonomy over the things that were being said and the content being created. I didn't want it to go through red tape. I wanted to say what I wanted to say and yeah. just like and put it out there and really build a community. I'm I'm still today everything I do is so driven by community and bringing people together and having conversations together. And so all I remember is I had been thinking this for so long and everyone was like, you know, you've worked your way up and you're living in London and you're like you know, this PR and brand partnerships manager. And inside, I was just like, oh, God, I hate this. Like, it's just, just <laughs> horrible. And then I remember oh. one day um, just going into the bathroom at work and I just started crying in the bathroom. I was like, oh. And then I mess. I had my phone and I texted Damien, who now my husband. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I can't do this anymore. He's like, I'll grab your stuff from your desk. Let's go meet at the pub down the street, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did. And, and he said, you know, I know that you've been struggling with this. What like what would you want to do if you couldn't? I said, you know, I really loved at Style at Home. I loved just being able to write and connect to people and going on these like press trips. I really want to be that person who is building the content. And it wasn't even about working with brands, really. It was just about having my voice and like attracting people that were really interested in what I had to say. And um, and he was like, well, do it. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's not going to make any money, like all this kind of stuff. And he was like, you know, like we like we'll just cut back, try it for a year. And, you know, and maybe if you need to take something on the side, do some like freelance, all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, OK, um, and thought, oh, this is great. I'll do this in London. And then he got offered a job in Toronto with the company, <laughs> which was a great opportunity for us to move back. But when I did, I knew no one. I had been out of that, like yeah. out of Toronto for like, you know, a year and a bit. I didn't know anyone in the industry. Everything had really changed. It was like the Drake effect. So Toronto was very different. <laughs> yeah. And um, and yeah, so I used my blog as a way to connect to people again. And so I, and to get to know people. And so I also had like a media kit that I had printed out. I'm like, here I am. This is what it's about. Um, here's my content pillars. And I just sent it to PR agencies. And they were like, great. And started inviting me to events. And so I started meeting people. And then I also was interviewing people for the Renegade profiles. So I just kind of grew organically. And then an agency reached out, Shine Influencers. Mm -hmm. They were just starting and they said, we're just starting. We know you are, but we see like so much potential in what you're doing. Do you want to join? And so it just kind of started growing from there. And yeah, it just, but it was awesome. really, yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking back to that moment where I was you're just like, crying in the bathroom. Well, like, like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was wild. So you decide to quit the job. Mm -hmm. Okay, you come back to Toronto. And at that point, you've amassed enough wisdom in your career to understand what your next steps yeah. were, right? So you, you put together a media kit mm -hmm. and you share that media kit. And then you start going to events, you start meeting people. And what are you like, what are you? what are you doing? You're interviewing, you're asking to interview them. You're asking to like, what yeah. is the ask of people? I think I was kind of, I was also just getting into that. Like it wasn't, not everything that I was doing was interviews. So I was also talking a lot about, because I'd worked on the other side of influencer marketing, I also realized that I was in a very good position of understanding what brands wanted. And mm -hmm. so. Okay. So you're reaching out to brands too through PR. So, yeah, so I was reaching out and saying, and so I was going to events and, and things like that. But I also realized that, hey, I have like this bank of knowledge that could help other people that are in this yeah, space. Yeah, and other creators. Yes. Like, 
you know, different. Yeah. I, I remember reading that type of content, like um, creative uh, ways to make an Instagram story or like, yeah. um, you know, diff- just different, like useful things. And even me being 100 years old in blogging, I really still found it very useful. I yeah. mean, I was really happy to read your blog. Yeah, it was really it was really about how to be like intentional with the content that you're creating and how, again, like and it's still what I talk about now. It's how to build a brand out of something and just how to be purposeful rather than just because so many people fall into this industry. People are like, oh, I just started amassing a following. Mm -hmm. They've never worked with a brand before. They don't know how to read a contract. They have no idea how to create content pillars and, you know, be really authentic with their audience, build trust with their audience. And so that was also the kind of content that I was talking about, um, really supporting small businesses. So a lot of it was like branding and business advice um, for people who were just kind of like in that hustle of like, let's, I want to build something up and just kind of here's how to get it going. Yeah. Wow. And at some point through this, um, you start to express there's this one con- not controversy you ended up in oh but gosh. <laughs> there's <laughs> many <laughs> but yeah uh, Casey and Be I were specific. talking about um <laughs> that you decided to do a story or start producing some content around how you don't want to have kids oh yeah <laughs> yeah and I knew we were gonna get into this <laughs> this sort of happens just after you know what that uh, is this recent? Or is this it's years ago? Oh, when so is actually, it a life, lifelong? So you know what? It, it Actually, the very first time I wrote about it, it would have been like 2017. It was just a blog post. Yeah. And that one really took off um, in terms of like how a blog post at the time <laughs> just being shared. Um, but it was... What's the I, title of it? It was, uh, I don't want kids and that's okay. Oh, that's a good, good title. Yeah. And so it was that one I wrote off of the back of, I had been at an event and uh, with a friend and her friend was there and we were all just chatting and she's like, oh, do you have kids? And I was like, no, I don't. I, like, I have a dog and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, that's OK. Like, you'll get there. I and hate I was when just people like, say that to me. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I won't. And it was just one of those where I was like, OK, I'm so sick of this. It was it, it and bet. it had been over and just yeah, and it, it just really I just started thinking about it on the way home. And I was like, I'm so comfortable with my decision. I've never, ever I've, I don't even think about having kids because I just know in my gut I've just never wanted them. And so but it's and I'm so comfortable. But it's like this idea that other people weren't. And I'm, not my family didn't pressure me. I was very lucky because I know some people do get a lot of pressure. Um, so it was never a thing. But it was this thing where a lot of people just didn't know how to react to it. And they mm-hmm. were it, it wasn't just like, OK, and then move on. It was as though, oh, you'll find someone or, Ugh. you know, well, do you want kids? Are you trying? It was just like this invasive kind of. That's like one is none of your business. And I don't ask you if you're like, are you working out? Because like you could probably work out. Yeah. Like I work work out. But if you don't work out, I'm not going to be like, you know. Yeah. Is, as a society, do we really want people who don't want kids having kids? 100. Like, and that's what I was saying. No. Like, I'm, no. For <laughs> me, I, I do not want to. For manage me, baby. Yeah. Um, but for me, me, I was like, I'm like, it's I'm just continuing living my life. <laughs> like, I, there's been no decision. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like for me, the big decision is like, do I want kids? Because that's that's a huge decision. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I just like I just again just have continued living my day to day. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the people with kids resent that they have a burden that you've been able to just like I think not some have. people and I, I think know? there's they resent the yeah. freedom some yeah. people with kids definitely resent the freedom yeah I think definitely I felt because that. you lose a lot of freedom yeah, for sure and and that's the thing is that 
And, and I will say, like, and because I talk about it more, that was like the first post, the blog post. And then I've kind of talked about it more. And then I was on City Line and I talked about it. And it kind of, it blew like, up. yeah, it did. Uh, and it's been, but I will say, like, there's so many mothers that are so amazing and supportive and saying, yeah, like, it's the hardest job in the world. If you know you don't want them, don't have them. Like, I fully support mm-hmm. you. Um, I also, but then there's also people who do, who get really uptight about it. And I know that's more of a what reflection are those type on them. Of people like? Yeah. I think it's just more of a reflection of if they're not in a happy place or they think it's an affront on them. And one of the things I always say is that me talking about, you know, me just like living my life, it's not an affront. It's not mothers against non-mothers. It never is. Right. And I can have the utmost respect for mothers, which I do mm-hmm. without ever wanting to be one myself. Mm-hmm. It's not. And, and but I think that that's the if if someone talks about living their life child free. For some people, it's the assumption of, well, I have a better life than you. And that's just not the case. It's like mm-hmm. I can also create a community around this because there does. I think people often forget that. There's also needs to be a community for women who don't have kids or choose not to have kids, because, you know, when you have friends that they all have kids. It's different. And it's not. And you also need people to connect to. And it's not like you're sitting around talking about like, you know, fuck kids, like <laughs> fuck balance. You're not even talking about no, that. You don't talk about it at all. Talk about it at all. Isn't it's, this great? We can get together. Yeah. Don't to worry about kids. Yeah. But, you're like, but I think oh, that's the assumption. Who hold you, my baby? That never goes up. I think that's the assumption. I do think there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that's dogs. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm saying that never happened. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. yeah, you're there. It never comes up. No. Yeah. And so, but, but that to, does. You never have to leave. You turn around, it's 3 a.m. And uh, stay at the bar all night. <laughs> you wake up whenever you want. Exactly. When do you, how do you know when to leave? Never. Last call. Yeah. When they kick you out. Yeah, exactly. See <laughs> <laughs> you at the after hours. And that's what I always like try to try to make sure is like to specify is like it's not this it's not yeah, one it's, against the other it's just like if you can talk about how like you, how much you love your kids and how great that is I'm I'm so supportive of that and I love it but it doesn't mean that like other people can't talk about their life without them and that choice yeah. not to because the choice hasn't been talked about and so and there's so many people that do slide into my DM saying thank you for talking about this because you know, I've always thought that I had to do this. That this was the next step. And mm-hmm. I didn't ever think that I could have that choice of just not having them and have a happy life. And my <laughs> girlfriend, my life is so happy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. People get really testy. Not no, testy, but like people really everything. either, tr- they really are pressured to fit in a box. Yeah. You know, this mm-hmm. whole thing about fitting in a box I don't know if it's something that your parents instill or yeah. but I I never felt any pressure to fit in a box. Yeah. But from what I hear from other people, there's a lot of fit in the box type pressure. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> sucks. It does. And I and I, I, I know there's like yeah. you're not fitting a box. Your mom is sailing from uh you know <laughs> my mom's sailing to the Bahamas <laughs> and my dad builds hot rods. Your like, box yeah, is exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my box disintegrated the moment I stepped yeah. onto this earth. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I will. I my, I was very lucky that my parents and I know there's like, you know, in certain cultures and, and it's definitely like considered more of a thing to have kids and more of a norm. But like, um, if yeah. I think of um, my daughter, um, 
What time is it? No, I'm just. I gotta go. I gotta go. To put her in a box that is going to drive her into an unhappy place mm-hmm. in her life is like the lamest thing that I could do. I mean, yeah. if there's any box, it's like what is going to make her happy box? You know what yeah. I mean? All the other boxes are completely pointless to me. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of people that um, uh, feel like even their friends are going to judge them if their kids don't have children. Yeah. It's like. I know. And then, uh, and then the other all thing. All this pressure. It's like it's all tough enough. And the other thing that moms, moms are always like, they, they're like, yeah. And they're like, the other thing is that when you do have a kid, then people are like, when's, when are you having another one? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, can you just not win? Mm-hmm. Like, are we just not, it's either you don't like, you don't have them. People don't like you for that. You have one, people judge you for that. You have this, just finally leave just people alone. Leave me alone. Just, like, just try to live. I'm just trying to live and survive and thrive. <laughs> just right. leave but me alone. The thing though is, um, like for example, we have one. Mm-hmm. People ask me that question. I don't mind that question. Yeah. Though. Like, um, I just, uh, my answer to that question is we're working on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And even if we weren't working on it, I'd be like, yeah, one's enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, having too much of a problem with the question is sort of a bit of, why would someone have a problem with the question? I'm not saying, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's wrong or right to have a problem, but I'm just saying like, the reason why you'd have a problem with the question is because you feel almost pressured by subconsciously or consciously from other forces to actually have another. Right. You know, whereas I don't feel, I mean, I don't really care what people think yeah. about how many kids I have. Yeah. Um, and I what think, I like yeah. more than one, yes, I'd actually, I'd, I'd keep having kids until yeah. I couldn't in some, in some ways, you know, so, yeah. but, um, but that's also a byproduct of be, feeling so fortunate to even get one because we went through such right. a problem trying yeah. to get the one. And I think that's the thing is like it's it's just an inappropriate question in general because there are so many people who try and can't have. So, yes. And so it's just like it's like what's happening here is just none of your business. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a very sensitive. You know what? Sensitive if you topic. Tiptoe, it's a sensitive topic because you tiptoe in a realm into a realm that's out of people's control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you tiptoe into and a could realm be really that's traumatic for people. And yeah. traumatic. Yeah. Like when we when we like weren't able to conceive. Mm-hmm you're tiptoeing into now something that is like, look, this is out of my control. It's weighing on me constantly. Yeah. yeah. And now yes. you're like making light of it. Being like, why are you having a baby? And like, yeah, making, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, we're trying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's almost like anytime you, you have a question mm-hmm. that is tiptoeing into an answer that is kind of, an out of person control, out of someone's control answer, yeah. it's a little bit violating, you know, an area that is is not a good area to violate yeah. as a question uh, for and a questioner. Th- and like when people are like, "Oh, do you have kids?" It's not like I'm like, "No, I don't have kids." Like, no, like I'm just like, "No, I don't." It's it's more of the reaction to that. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, it's like no, and they're like, "Okay," and then like move on to the next yeah. whatever. Um, it's when it's like those replies of like, oh, you'll get there or you haven't met. Oh, you haven't met. Or what does your, hus- your husband think of that? Whoever uh-huh. replies to stuff like that yeah. is crazy. I know. <laughs> like crazy. I don't know anybody who's on my consistent friend loss roster who would, who would reply to something like no. that. No, that's because you're like it's surround okay. yourself with good it's people. It's okay. You'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I come just, on. You know, I don't want to go there. Um, I usually just say, no, I don't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> people are like. I'll have another drink, please. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, like no to, I don't feel I like it. Like I also, noon. when I used to do, um, like I had a, I still have a speaker agent, but I'd speak at a lot of conferences and I remember people asking, oh, a uh, question. Sure. Uh, Casey, are there any, you know, brands that you, that you won't work with? And I'd pause for a second. <laughs> yeah, no kids, no animals. People are like, what the fuck? What a fucking monster. I go, because I don't have any. <laughs> they were like, like, I don't have kids. And I don't have animals. It would be inauthentic so for me to for, do, do a post about dogs. I don't have one. Or diapers. Get off my case. <laughs> I just love to see people's. <laughs> you know, actually, those would be both pluses for my brother if you ever went on a on a first date with oh, him. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, He'd be like, because wow. <laughs> <laughs> his wife is, is like that. Yeah. You know, no kids, no animals. Yeah. If people think you're a monster. I mean, I like. It's not that I love other people's children when they, I'm like the fun, eccentric auntie. For know? me, I'm like, what about other people's animals? What you No, like, I know. I like, I, I like, I just, sometimes if I don't know, if yeah. I don't know a dog, like I get kind of nervous. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially if it's like a big dog. Like my sister kind of got like mauled by this dog when we were little and oh, there yeah. was a big dog. And like, around but I mean, we had, um, was not. we had a guest, Brock, and he brought his tiny puppy and I was like, mm. Like the whole, yeah. Like yeah. I, it's I like them. Size but I mean, of a gerbil. No, cool. And I just, <laughs> I've never had a dog. I've never I had a dog. Keith. Yeah, I know. I think I, I'd love to just like ignore you. He'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. perfect. I'd like to meet Keith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the temperament of someone's dog is a great reflection of their ability, mm -hmm, their yeah. abilities. Because yeah, to get, get a nice nervous. dog just, like, takes work. Like, yeah. Okay, I was at a, I was at a work. friend of mine's place that has a. They, they rescued a dog. Okay. It's ours. It's a Mexican Arrested? street dog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now I've done my fair share of uh, dog whisperer. Okay. Wa <laughs> watching. Okay. And dog whisper is a little bit of a controversial type character mm -hmm. in the dog community. Okay. But believe me, he can get a dog. He can work with a dog. Yeah. Okay. And um, I totally Caesar Milan the hell out of this dog, okay, in a good I way. A all right, story about this dog, this dog was so nervous when I got there, and and barking, and and and, and I'll tell you, I figured this dog out yeah. so quickly. You know, the nice thing about dogs is, no matter what, you've got them where you want them if you use <laughs> food properly. Yeah. Okay, like animals. Food. I mean, the whole thing is how you kind leverage like the food. Yeah. You know. And I, 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 t I'll tell you, I would love to work with dogs more. Okay, they're an interesting <laughs> little little enigma dogs. Yeah, but I don't want to own a dog. I, I, it's um, I mean, you have a you have a kid. That's that's enough responsibility. That's yes for now. Well, it's not a responsibility. Are you going to get you know a dog? Actually, though? it is a, a bit of a responsibility. Yeah, it's a human life. No, 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 no. not not no, not the kid. But the oh. um, uh, it's not that I'm afraid of being responsible for the dog. It's just that. To actually work with a dog properly, especially yeah. at the beginning, and put in the time and energy that it takes to really get the dog you want, yeah, is way too much time away from my wife and oh, yeah. Ariel and other things that I want to put time into because I understand what it takes. I got a puppy with with an ex girlfriend. Yeah. Okay, I know puppies. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I know puppies well, and uh, it's a tremendous commitment to get that puppy really going. Yeah. And uh, and it walks right away. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I would we prefer were, yeah. it didn't. <laughs> we okay. got, we were very lucky with our dog. He just like rocked up. He was eleven months. He just had an attitude when he came in, and he just is the most chill dog. We, yeah, we nice. didn't even train him. Like he doesn't. He's That's so nice. chill. 
He doesn't go off our property. Like some people, they get lucky with. We were very, very lucky. Yeah, yeah. Because if he's not like that, yeah, he's a good pooch. Yeah, yeah, that's very nice. He's the highlight of my Instagram. Yeah, I know. People are literally like, yeah. Where's Love everything Keith? you post, but like, I'm just here for Keith. Yeah. <laughs> sure honest. Yeah. yeah. How like, yeah. He, like, he's like not that big, right? Off the know. table. He'd be like that. Yeah. I, I like look, medium size. I look forward to meeting him. Yeah. I think he'll literally just be like, bye. I'll bring like a little snacky and then he'll be like, sit beside me and then he'll go away. Yeah. I'll be like, cool. Same, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, love it. He must have loved the move to Peck. Yeah, he did. I mean, he loved living in the city, too. He, like, because of the dog parks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, PC, he likes it. He just needs more, like, friends. <laughs> There's no, I get so sad when I bring him the dog parking, like, tries to play with dogs and they're like, bye. Aw. <laughs> oh, my dog's busted. Aw. Yeah. There's a That's lot so of street cute. dogs in Mexico, right? Yeah. 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 Through Save Our Scruff, we got Have you been to Mexico? Right? Oh yeah, a bunch of times. I shot a Sunwing commercial there. I've been on vacation there. Oh, you were at the same. You were there at the same time. Sasha and I were there. Yeah, yeah. Street dogs. We don't have a lot of street dogs around here, around Toronto. No, no, no. I don't no. think there's any. I think I don't the think humane society would scoop them up. I don't think that's really also given our weather. It's a little <laughs> not conducive. practical, conducive yeah. <laughs> for street dogs. Yeah, yeah they the would weather. be like street icicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The weather's a real street dog tamer. <laughs> That's gonna win a whole yeah. darn things. Yeah, yeah. Like summer only. They go to Mexico. Like no, that's not happening. Yeah. So, what are some of the other um, more successful stories that you've done? Oh my god, what do you mean successful? Oh, well, just I'd like any other life. viral viral moments. As viral moments. Um, a lot of it is talking about not wanting. Yeah, kids. yeah that's what I like. I yeah. And I feel like I'm actually just it's, really glad that you've had those conversations yeah. because I'm in that boat. I think but what, what, that's, what that's been important for is so even like when I, because I'm all about, uh, I think there's people who are like, you need to niche, you need to niche, and you need to be this one specific thing. And I'm like, but you can be something and talk and have that be your core of your brand. But you also have to let people know who you are and like mm-hmm. and yeah. let them know other parts of you because to be able to build trust, especially if you're selling something. so. If you're selling a course or a product, whatever it is, people need to trust who you are first. And so I'm big on storytelling outside of that and letting people into your life and kind of do that. Nobody is just one thing. But so many people teach that. And I'm just like flicking. I'm like, who is this Instagram guru or brand guru? Like, this is bullshit. Um, And so but so I always try to like just be like, this is what I believe in. So a lot of that um, other things that have gone viral are around women's health, especially around like menstruation and painful periods and um, and the stress around having painful periods and the guilt and shame of, you know, being being debilitating and um, and not, you know, like having to call into work and and people making you feel bad and all this kind of stuff. So that has gone, has really like a few of those posts have taken off. Again, it's it's all of those things where I think that people really relate to it. And they're like, thank God someone's fucking talking about this. Yeah, like because... conversations that people aren't having, but things that people are going through and they're just not talking about it. You're kind of opening the door for those conversations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So those were kinds of, yeah, those were kind of the, the It's almost extra that... annoying if you don't want to have kids too. 
Well, you know what is when I went to the to the doctor, I'm she was I'm like paid for nothing. Here. She said because I have like cysts on my ovaries and they burst, and and she was like, uh. yeah, it's eats um. Like you either go back on the pill or you get pregnant. I was like, well, I don't like either of those options. Yeah. How do you have like two options? Viagra? That aren't- How do you have like a million options of Viagra and like no, like women <laughs> just you know, one yeah. or two things, and they're both not what you want, but that's all you got, and that's it. And then otherwise, you're like crying on you're the fucked. bathroom floor. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, but, but don't be late the- for work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like you have to try and hide it. Um, and then recently, like earlier this year, I got diagnosed with ADHD. So talking about that again of like just those vulnerable things of being like, I can be this one thing. I can be successful in the business that I'm running and do my own thing. But I'm also dealing with all these other things. And how do they diagnose you with that? So I was working my best friend. I was working for her um, as the brand manager. She has a medical spa called North Medical, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I was the brand manager there. And so, and we were like thick as thieves. And so she had seen me in a professional capacity and a personal capacity. And she had been looking into it for someone else because she was like, oh, ADHD. And I had no idea. Like, I just thought it was for like little boys that were hyperactive. And, um, and so she was over one day and she was kind of talking to me about it. And she's like, I've been looking into this for so-and-so and, um, you know, it's it's these sort of symptoms. And as she's telling me, I'm like, it literally sounds like she's like, describing me. looking in a mirror at me? And then I think she was saying it just like, I think it was like a nice roundabout way of, of being like, I've recognized this in you. And um, and yeah, that's where I kind of deep, like did a deep dive into it and understood how differently it shows up in girls. Um, because I've always been very in school, been very like successful mm-hmm. and work and um, but didn't realize that like the way that I went through life that not everyone else did and Mm. that I was kind of building these structures to help me get through things um and I I didn't realize that wasn't like normal (laughs) that like other people weren't and just how how much more difficult it was for me like emotionally mentally it was just draining and so um so yeah so I started I started talking my doctor and luckily my doctor had like background in you know ADHD and and could talk to me about it and go through the diagnosis because it is very inaccessible and very expensive and can take years. Um, but yeah, she kind of talked me through it and everything. It was just like, tick, tick, tick. like it was so, and I was like, how have I lived this long and not realized it? But now it's kind of coming out that like the diagnosis age for women is in their mid to late thirties right. because it's only coming out now how different it is because everything is, um, like researched on on yeah. boys. So yeah, but it shows up so differently in girls. Yeah. Just, wow. Yeah. So with young boys, mm-hmm. it would show up as them unable to focus. Yeah. And, but like hyperactivity. Hyperactive. Yeah. Hyperactive. Yeah. Kind of like this idea of like bouncing off the walls and unable to sit still. And whereas for me, it's the inability to um focus on a task so if I sit down I'm like I gotta do this one thing I will I it, it's like I'm frozen and I can't I can't get what's in here out and I will do anything else and but then hyper focusing on other things so um I really started getting I did a TED talk actually and when I it's it's interesting when I look back at parts of my life and I'm like oh <laughs> that makes sense now um yeah. and so one of them was I did a TEDx talk and I had three months to do it. 
and it was the one of the hardest processes of my life. I just couldn't. It was like I was trying to force it. I was so stressed. I like removed myself from people and I just couldn't get things out, even though, you know, what I've done is writing for my yeah. whole life. And I just couldn't. And it was a personal thing. And it was like talking. About, I was talking about the power of personal storytelling and I just couldn't <laughs> get it out. I was like, I know this. And then it was like the day before I scrapped it all and I wrote it the day before. I memorized it the day before a 12 minute speech. I had no, nothing in front of me. I just memorized this whole thing. And um, and was just like emotionally drained and I got through it and it was great. But that process of like not being able to focus and then at the last second when there's pressure, you just like crank it out and being able to hyper focus. But during that time, what I would do because my brain was just like there was like a million voices and thoughts, I would go and do a puzzle because I could focus on that one thing and I was just hyper focused on this thing. And so now I do pottery and it's the same thing for three hours. I go to these pottery classes and it's like nothing else exists in the world except for this one thing that I'm doing. And so those are kinds of the ways that I've managed it. And like, and it's been really fascinating as well. It's been, it's been a process of like shame and guilt and all of these like emotional and grief of like the person that I could have been if, Mm. and so it's this kind of like emotional roller coaster but also realizing like the amazing things that are come from it. Like people with ADHD are just super big thinkers and really creative and um, can hyper-focus on a topic and um, are really um, emotionally intelligent and really compassionate and and empathic. And so there's lots of good things that came from it, but it's a struggle. (laughs) Well, it sounds like a lot, like if you, if you, if, you need if you're assigned a task mm-hmm. you, if I, if somebody was assigning you a task they'd almost be better off like assigning you a different task and like putting the task over there that they really yeah. want you to do <laughs> you know what i mean or like or just giving um like different deadlines like i think now like sometimes when i work with my friend i'm pretty sure cuz i still do work for north and i'm like i'm pretty sure she gives me like not the real deadline um, she right. like, leaves space because she knows it'll be like, oh my God, I didn't get this done in time. And again, it's like those feelings of shame of like not not fitting into this box. And I think back of when I worked for people and I, I think back and I'm like, oh my gosh, how I would struggle to get things done on time. And you would create like you'd have update meetings. And you'd be like, oh yeah, no, like I'm almost done this, even though you're not. And then you spend the whole night staying up all night. night to get it done. You're like... <laughs> And you crank it out and it's amazing. Yeah. But it's like internally it's not healthy and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so and so when I think back on that kind of stuff, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's been a whirlwind, but I'm happy to know about it. So what's next for this renegade love? Oh, yeah. Um, so right now what I'm focusing on is uh, brand strategy. So I, I had left uh, North Medical, which was which is where I was doing. Um, I was the brand manager, and so now I'm doing brand strategy for small businesses and for personal branding and influencers. And the kind of next step is I think we've talked about this. I've been wanting to do this for a while, but building out a course for influencers for how to influence with intention, beautiful, and build a brand strategy and kind of build and grow a sustainable brand. Um, being an influencer and being a content creator. It's so important. I feel like there's so many, you know, we have been had, a, you know, our brands and blogs and worked on mm-hmm. the agency side and just kind of 
we've been in for a long time, but I feel like there's a lot of people who are, you know, like you said, getting a following and then they're like, like they don't have that foundation that we had that was like built on building brands or working with brands that I think that could be really useful. And when that is ready, please let us know because we will happily share that with everyone and I will share it on my personal email. <laughs> I'm happy to, uh, if you want to insight on anything yes, I have, have speakers that would be yeah because yeah, you are the og <laughs> i'm happy to enroll yeah too. perfect yeah and if you want to shoot any of the content for it in this studio you're more than welcome oh, to let us know so lovely that's so awesome. let us know thank Love you so it. much thank you so much for joining us this has been such and driving joy. in yeah, Toronto for you. it of course and um it's been wonderful um happy to meet you because Talia has been saying the most wonderful things about oh you. Oh my gosh, she's so sweet. You, you lived up to the hype. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> and I'm you. so glad to see you because I've loved you since the day I met you. <laughs> this has been such a joy chatting in person. I yeah. love it so much. Thanks for having awesome. me. You're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode with Lauren McPhillips. Visit thisrenegadelove.com to check out her services and read her blog. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow on your favorite podcast platform, or get previous episodes and show notes at castofcreators.com. Bye.